You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. Musician Wolfgang Van Halen joins Washington Post Live to discuss his debut solo album, Mammoth WVH, and his experience playing alongside his father in Van Halen. Let's listen. Hey, folks. Monday afternoon, and we got a treat for you. I'm Jeff Edgers, the national arts reporter here at the Washington Post. And today I'm going to speak to Wolfgang Van Halen. And we're talking to him a couple days, couple, three days, I don't know, after his new record, uh, Mammoth WVH, uh, came out in all varieties of formats. I actually have one behind me here. It's an orange vinyl. I suggest that. But the black vinyl is good, too. Um, and uh, you just heard a little bit from, of the title track from that record. Wolf, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm, it's good to be here. I, uh, we were on the big show here, so I wore a button-down shirt for you, you know? <laughs> um, so this record uh, came out um, last week, and um, how, has, uh, how has it been received so far? Uh, people have been really excited about it. It's been uh, amazing. Really, for me, it's just been a relief <laughs> to finally <laughs> have it out, man. It's been so long that... Uh... It's crazy to be on the other side of this. I didn't think I'd ever make it. What people, when you say so long, what people don't understand is that um, uh, I know you don't call yourself a, a genius person, but you recorded a lot of this record years ago, several years ago. You wrote it when I sat <laughs> with you in the studio. We did an article on Wolf. Uh, you can, you know, I know you people love the print. This is the article. It came out Sunday, but you can look at it online too. Um, you know, uh, you were writing these songs five, six years ago, a couple of them even even longer ago, um, but you did not put out this record. It was done in 2018, and the reason is, you tell us. Yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, my father uh, had his health struggles, and uh, so it was either, you know, put the record out and go on tour for 18 months, or uh, or be with my dad, and I think I made the right choice. And your your um uh I mean your dad wanted you to put out this record, didn't he? I mean he, he, he I spoke to your mom and he 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 heard everything on it, saw you playing in rehearsals. He wanted Mammoth WVH to come out. Yeah, he was very very happy about it. He, he would always say it was his his favorite album of all time. You know, it's just <laughs> prou proud dad talk, but but still, you know, I I know he meant it. <laughs> What I think is notable, there's a lot that's notable, and I actually uh, first contacted you a few months ago before I'd even heard a note. You had teased notes, but they were often only half a second long on the internet <laughs> to mock us. Um, but I loved your 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 personality online because you um, uh, it, you seem to get it how to the line between sarcasm and mockery and humor and all that stuff. Um, even when my followers don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get it. They don't get it, right? Uh, not always. Um, but uh, the thing that I was really moved by is you seem to be, I, you, I know you say you're not a balanced individual, but you grew up with uh, your father, Eddie Van Halen, arguably the greatest guitarist of our time, uh, and your mother, Valerie Bertinelli, who's a famous and accomplished actress and personality in her own right. And that would seem to make you a prime candidate to be just a train wreck, right? And um, I have been, uh, you know, just so impressed by your, your, your way of behaving. 
Can you explain that at all? Is there, I know it's a weird thing to ask you, but uh, how did you grow up not being that train wreck? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe like emotionally, uh, I can be a bit of a train wreck. I'm, I'm overly self-aware and I, I'm very, very hard on myself. I'm a very anxious person. I'm a very socially awkward person. Uh, but I mean, in terms of how I grew up, I think my mom just really uh, uh, grounded me. You know, it, it didn't feel like a very uh, glamorous childhood. It just felt normal. Um, it was so normal that when you were 16, you um, went on tour with Van Halen. And that's when I first saw you. You became the bassist for Van Halen, and I saw you in the um, uh, TD Garden. And I looked, and I said, how is that guy? I remember being 16. I could barely go to a concert on my own. How is that guy on stage like that? So explain to me what your mother or your father or I know your, you, your Uncle Pat has been very central. What did they do when you were on stage in front of tens of thousands of people, uh, some who loved you, some who were like, where's the other guy? And, uh, and you were playing these <clears throat> Van Halen songs. Yeah, my, my mom had a hard time with it. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there was extra security on that tour for sure to kind of make sure I was okay. Everybody was watching me. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think in terms of doing the job, uh, my dad and my uncle and I had rehearsed so much that it was just in our bones. You know, we, we started playing together just for fun and a couple months into it is when it really felt like there was something there. And, uh, that's when I called Dave's manager and, uh, the rest is history. Now, for, for people who've never heard of Van Halen, I'm just going to bring this up. So there's a guy named Dave. He was their uh, first singer, David Lee Roth. Uh, and uh, they had, he, had, he had left the band in the 80s. And uh, so he'd, they tried to reunite and hadn't worked out. But here's Wolfgang Van Halen, who's 15 or 16, whatever age it was when you called him, calling up and saying, hey, Dave, come back. And suddenly that tour gets going again, which is pretty remarkable. What gave you the confidence to call Dave? I don't know. It just felt like the the most neutral way to go about it. Uh, you know, we all agree. It's not like I, I, you know, I went rogue and called him myself. It was like, it was like I think I should call him. You know, and uh, uh, we all agreed that 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 would be the most fun thing to do. And uh, I mean, I think it worked, <laughs> considering uh, the three tours that happened. I would say it did work. You had three tours and you had another studio album with uh, with David Lee Roth. Um, tell me something. You you didn't necessarily want, it's not that you tried to stop me from putting this in the article, but you said, eh, maybe don't put that in because it makes me look like a jerk. But you did not play bass until you started rehearsing for that tour, correct? Uh, specifically, not until we had started playing for fun. So, uh, so I guess kind of. But it just was never really on my mind. And then when Dad and Al were just jamming and I picked up the bass, uh, it was just a fun thing to do. Uh, you know, after school, I'd come by and, and we would jam. And I made a playlist of a bunch of songs. And I just taught myself, uh, you know, a little list. And we just went through songs. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, rigorous rehearsals and, and you know, we'd been doing it for months that I felt really comfortable uh, playing everything and that's when it started to get serious but your dad i mean obviously your dad loved you and your uncle alex loves you but these guys are not going to let some 
kid who's not that great play bass in their in their little band Van Halen, right? I mean, no, you, you, I mean they <laughs> wouldn't they wouldn't have let me be there if they didn't believe I could do it. <laughs> Contrary to what what many other people may believe, I'm, I I know there's still a, a large dedicated base of people that believe I I didn't even play anything on that on that first tour, and it was just being piped in. Uh, which I guess is a really big compliment when you think about it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it's. Uh, they, I, I think it's as simple as that. They wouldn't have been comfortable having me there had they not been confident that I could do it. What is the um, uh, your first instrument? I think is drums, and mm -hmm. uh, your you know um, the thing that's really interesting about this record, which. I think the great Vernon Reed, uh, the guitarist and founder of Living Color, tweeted the other day, uh, and what a great player. Um, he said, you know, what I love about this record is Wolfgang plays uh, all the instruments, but you sound like a band. Um, because I've heard a lot of records. Paul McCartney, you know, played the drums on his, band, uh, on his record. And those all sound like you go, oh, he's a pretty good drummer for Paul McCartney. But you do sound like a band. What is... Uh, uh, what is the reason you didn't bring in all these celebrities or even like just the guys who are in your band now and, and, and record them? Why'd you do it all on your own? I think it was more of a personal challenge. I just, I wanted to see if I could do it, you know, after seeing how Dave Grohl did it with the first Foo Fighters album, uh, since I could play everything, I, I, I wanted to kind of set that goal. It, it, it had always been a dream of mine to try and uh, do something like that and through the process I found that it was very very fun and I had a really good time doing it so I'm definitely gonna keep doing it that way the sound that you have I'm gonna let you describe if someone says to you what is Wolfie's sound what is that sound I just call it rock it's just a it's it's a it's a rock band you know I I, I think uh, in this day and age everyone really tries their darndest to you know they, they you pull from what you know you know so so i i hear so many times where people are like oh the album's great it reminds me of this or it reminds me of this and half the time i'm like i don't even know what that is <laughs> you know uh i think just people pull from from their familiar pool um but overall you know i think the album just it, it sounds like itself you know there may be uh certain influences and stuff but overall i think uh I've managed to uh, create something that's that stands on its own. I think what uh, is great is that it's like a piece of art. If you're staring and looking at it, you read into it what you want to. Um, and, you know, I, I know over and over again, I said, I was listening to the song, Don't Back Down. I said, oh, you must love T-Rex. I love the beat. <laughs> it's totally like glamour. And you're like, meh, it's all right. Jimmy Eat World is more my thing. Um, but the beauty of it is, I think, it, uh, one thing we can say is it doesn't sound like a Van Halen record. You know, I'm sure you've heard that and you've thought about that. Um, am I right about this? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there may be things unknowingly, like maybe in some things that I do that may sound Van Halen-y, you know. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I really just straight up just tried to be myself on this. Uh, and I, I didn't want to try and, you know, be be the guy to go like, hey, you know, if you want to get your Van Halen fix, come here. You know, if anything, I, I wanted to do the exact opposite. And I think uh, it's funny to see now that the album's been out uh, for a couple of days. I've noticed in some reviews where it's like, uh, 
you know, the good, uh, you know, it's a cool album. And then like the bad, it's not a Van Halen album. And it's like, that's like biting into an apple and going like, well, it's good, but it's not an orange. And it's like, well, you shouldn't have gone there if you wanted the orange, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's, it's a funny, uh, demerit on something that kind of doesn't really fit in the orbit of it. (laughs) Someone wrote me an angry letter, uh, after our story and they said, Hey, uh, you know, his name isn't just, Van Halen isn't just the famous one. Also, there's Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. I was like, yeah, I know who he is. I said, you could have read the headline either way. It was supposed to be, play-. he's like, well, you should have mentioned Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Uh, <laughs> do, do you ever think about um, uh, putting out, uh, people use pen names. I mean, authors, women who couldn't get published in the 19th century would put out books with male names on it. Was there ever a moment in your head you said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to put this out completely, use a different name or not connected to Van Halen or not that sort of thing? Well, I, th- I think I'm I think I'm halfway doing that. You know, I, I, I'm not calling this band my name. It's a it's it's a band. You know, it's sure it's all me, but it's 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 a band. You know, I'm 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 positioning it as a band. Um, so I guess I'm kind of wishy washily doing that <laughs> to a certain extent. You know. And Mammoth is a great tribute to your, your, I mean, Van Halen started out as Mammoth somewhere along the way, right? In the, in the early mm-hmm. 70s. That's sort yeah, of a tribute many to that. different, Many different band names uh, my dad used. Uh, you know, Genesis was one, and then they found out about that other band that's actually called Genesis, and then they called themselves Mammoth. Uh, and then uh, Dave, uh, David Lee Roth was the one who was like, you know, your last name's pretty cool. How about we do that? So, uh, <laughs> you know, growing up, I always loved that name, Mammoth, and it, it it just always stuck with me that when I grew up, I wanted to call my own band that, you know. So I, I think it touches on the history, but, you know, I'm able to take it into my own direction. The, the other thing musically that I love is um, uh, I try to mention Steve Miller every time I can because I just love Steve Miller because he was a genius uh, guitarist. and You hear him playing at Monterey next to Hendrix, but then he cracked the code of what he wanted to do in the 70s and he held back. And he wasn't about showing off his his chops or uh, doing you know endless solos, whatever. He figured out how to how to do pop music, and and that's something that I find you do. And it sometimes gets you attacked. Uh, there was this great tweet that I quoted. Unfortunately, this guy Foodie Academy on Twitter is gone, disappeared. But who would think it? Oh, but, what happened? But you do this song, Distance. First of all, tell us, uh, I'm going to get to this question, but tell us about Distance, because that was the first we heard of you, and that came out in November, and you played that in Jimmy Kimmel and had a beautiful video. Tell us about that song. Yeah, Distance is a song um, that I I dedicated to my my father. Um, I had written it some years ago, uh, because my dad's health struggles had had been up and down throughout the years, and it was just kind of a song I, I wrote to get those feelings out and and uh, and yeah, you know it, it wasn't the first song I, I planned on releasing, but um, considering after losing my father, um, it felt like you know he, he wrote a song for me uh, when I was born. Um, and so it just felt like a very nice, uh, you know, paying the respects to my father in, in the best way I know how with music um and uh you know uh the proceeds went to uh, his favorite charity mr allen's opus and it, it just seemed like the right thing to do even if it wasn't the right first song for people to hear um it, it meant more for me to to release that song first than than to 
say release a different song from the album first. Well, it's a beautiful um, it's a beautiful song, and the video is hard to watch without feeling something. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say that you use this; it's just beautifully done with home video of you and your your mom and dad from over the years. Um, but this guy, so, uh, and I'll preface this by saying that I know. I mean, you could listen to Mammoth, you know, WVH. If you listen to the first song, Mr. Ed, it's like he, it's like Wolfie is tapping and playing all these blazing things. It's like to say, hey, you know what? I can do this now. Let's move on. Um, but on distance, you have a very uh, specific solo. It is sort of one note. It's two notes, but it's, it's you know, <laughs> one. And um, this guy writes, Wolf, don't know you know your music well. I always like it when things start like that. What I've heard was a guitar solo. <laughs> I'm not too was, familiar with this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you my full opinion on it, regardless of I'm how much. I'll throw it out know. there on the internet because everyone will see it. So, uh, Wolf, don't know music, your music well, but what I've heard was a guitar solo that was one note, boring and uninspired, and a tribute to your legendary dad. I know he taught you better than that. Now, um, you, by the way, said the solo for distance is all emotion. And at the emotional height of the song, it's why Pop loved it. And then you said, so go F yourself. I had to, we had to go to our editors and get that approved. Um, but uh, <laughs> first of all, why not just let Foodie Academy go? Tell me about your, because you, this is a, a practice of yours and it's one we all revel in. But many people say, let the trollers die. You're so much better than that. Oh, but it's so much more therapeutic to kill them yourself, isn't it? <laughs> Instead of let them die on their own. Fun to put them down. <laughs> you like doing that, right? And, and ha half the time, you know, they, you know, either one of two things will happen. They'll they'll either double down and be even worse, or they'll immediately apologize because they get a fraction of what they just dealt to you, and they don't know how to deal with it. There's been plenty of times where I've gotten something on Instagram or something, and I'll pin it at the top of the comment section, and then, you know, uh. Like moths to a flame, other commenters just just do to them what they did to me, and they can't handle it. And it's like you can't dish it out, you can't take it, man. So I just throw it right back at them, and it's I don't know. It's 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 a fun way I found to deal with it with with humor, and and uh, it's almost like a puzzle, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so many people are always like, oh, you know, if you ignore it, it'll go away, and that's not true, in the slightest. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, most people who say that ha aren't in the position or haven't experienced uh, that sort of stuff. So I, I found my fun way of dealing with it, and uh, I'm going to keep doing it. You, did, I don't know if you noticed this, but um, I, I got attacked on your thread the other day. Did you see that? I did not. What happened? Someone wrote, um, every single article about Wolf Van Halen is about him making statements about his dad. So, um, and because then you I said, I ask questions about my dad. Yeah. So you said, it's almost like people keep asking me questions and then I keep answering them. So I wrote, I responded <laughs> to you. I said, what really pisses me off is when he talks about his mom <laughs> and, uh, thought that was good. And so the next one is the next comment on that was why he is Valerie's son, as much as he is Eddie's don't understand the hate. I was like, Hmm. Now you work, don't understand right? the sarcasm. <laughs> Your uncle stepped in and stopped it, which was very unfortunate because I wanted to see how far it would go. Um, tell me something. You tour with Van Halen when you're when you're a kid, and this summer you're going to be playing uh, with your band. You're going to be opening for Guns N' Roses. Um, yeah. Crazy. I, 
does that make does is there's I assume a certain kind of protection of being on stage with your dad and your uncle and playing songs that everybody knows. Is there part of you that's a little bit nervous, or what are you thinking about opening in Fenway Park for Guns N' Roses? All of me is nervous, not a part of me. That's it's it's a ridiculous amount of yeah, you know, just little things just in my head. Like we'll be driving around and. I'll be like in my head going like, wow, what if I forget lyrics or something? Or like, just like little things like that. And it's just more things to worry about. So uh, yeah, I'm very excited to rehearse for the next uh, four and a half weeks with the guys so I can just nail it into my bones and and, and get ready for it because I, I need to practice. And let's make it very clear. I mean, we said this in the article, but um, your dad had a very good answer for this. When you're on stage and we see so many bands where it's like the Almond Betts band or, you know, whatever. And we're not insulting any of those folks because there's something great about celebrating great music and art and perpetuating it. And we all you're, you're doing it in your own way. But <clears throat> if someone's up there and they're expecting you to play uh, uh, Eruption or Jump or Jamie's Crying or Why Can't This, you are not going to be playing any Van Halen covers and explain the reason for that and and sort of your dad's take on that because you did talk about this well yeah just i'm i'm not my dad you know so i'm not gonna i, I want to be myself you know and i know uh the next thing the bitter people will say is like well you know van halen did covers and it's like that's great but i'm not gonna <laughs> uh I, i've got enough original material uh for for a live show you know the album's just about an hour um so uh, anything from a half hour to a 45 minute to an hour long set I, I've, I've got the material and i've got extra songs to play too if uh, if we need to go over or something you never know um so i just you know w when i go see a band i want to see their material i don't want to see them do a cover maybe i'm different i don't know but that's that's what i plan on doing with my band yeah i um i think i want to hear them play their songs and then if I like the band, which I like yours, I want to hear the songs they haven't released yet. And you have what? How, how many songs do you have that you, if you, if they said to you, uh, you got to go back and, and put out another album in uh, six weeks like the Beatles did in 1964, <laughs> how, how ready are you? How much do you have in, in the can there? I think I've got six or seven songs that are just about ready to go. Um, they do need a little bit of work and I want to work on them. But uh, the, the ideas are there. And then I've got a handful of other uh, early ideas. So uh, if you put me in the studio for a couple of weeks, I can get that second album for you really quick. <laughs> Boy, uh, you just aren't impressed by this, though, right? No, it's nothing. What do you mean? Just, I mean, we don't, we can't do what you can do. We can't go and play all the instruments and sound like <laughs> a band and sound good and have something that you put in the car when you drive around and go, "Damn, that sounds awesome." We we can't well, do I don't that. Know. You understand? Give me, give me some time. Give me some time, man. I, I, you know, maybe I lucked out with this first one, and the second one will just be god awful. We'll, we'll just have to find out. Um, hey, there's a viewer question. Can I ask you a viewer question? Sure. Comes in from uh, Jason Urban from Texas. Uh, there we go. Any formative albums you look you took as inspiration on Mammoth WVH? Hmm. I, I mean, I guess. Uh, just in concept, uh, the the very first Foo Fighters album. I I, I don't think uh, maybe material wise, but I think just uh, how he did it himself it, it was one of the bigger inspirations for the project. But in terms of like tonal, uh, or you know, inspirational from from like certain songs, 
I think it's a song by song basis, not really an overall, because I recorded so many songs that uh, I don't think there's any particular influence that 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 influenced the album in terms of its sound. Um, you know, obviously, we both appreciate Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl. And, uh, you know, he made that first record, which is excellent. And then he then he formed a band and he uh, then no longer did that thing where he plays all the instruments. But you intend to. And, and tell me why that is, because I, I assume there is something that you get from playing with people creatively. I think overall, uh, I just really like to play the drums. And uh, I don't get to do that live, uh, at least in this. Um, so I guess it's a selfish thing. Like at the very least, I want to play. I want to play drums. But since I play guitar too, why not? And it's like, oh, I play the bass too. So it's just, I don't know. It's a fun, easy thing uh, uh, for me to do. It's just a, a good time. It doesn't feel like work, you know. So I want to enjoy myself. So I want to have fun playing all the instruments. Um. Uh. I want to ask you about your dad. Obviously, uh, this has been a very difficult year for you. Uh, and is there any connection between this album coming out, going out on the road, having people talk about how much they love it, and this mourning process and, and, and trying, to, trying to get through it in some way? I don't know how you do, but um, have you been, have, have you been uh, finding that it's been helpful to be doing this stuff? Yeah, uh, just work in general is a, is a great distraction um, and having the distractions surround uh, something that's creatively my own and something I can fully stand behind that I'm proud of, that I knew my dad loved and was proud of, uh, makes the process a bit more comforting, I guess. And especially to see how people are reacting, that it's uh, people are very happy with it and that makes me happy because it's it's all me like this is 100 uh, percent like I, I laid it all out there with this album so to have it be received so well uh, uh, is is really an honor i mean i say received so well but i mean that's just the stuff i'm being tagged in on social media maybe outside of my little social media bubble it's being panned i don't know <laughs> but uh the the direct the the people going out of their way to, to hit me up on socials uh, seem to really enjoy it and that's uh that's really nice that's a great bonus to this whole process because I, you know, I didn't do this album for anyone. I, I did, I did it for me, and so uh, to see it resonate with people and to have other people enjoy something that I enjoyed making is, it's a nice process. Well, um, you made it for us, really. I decided uh, it's great. It's a great record. I've got it over here, uh, and um, I suggest I don't know, like some some of the record geeks don't like colored vinyl, but this is pretty pretty cool, right? It's cool. Yeah. I love the um, and uh, look, uh, we're really glad that you made this record, and uh, I think everybody's looking forward to seeing seeing you and, and your band play live. Um, you're not going to play all the instruments at the same time live, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I'm not. I'm going to stick to the guitar and sing. Because that would be exhausting. Um, yes. So uh, we, we're just so grateful that you uh, that you uh, came here to to see us today. And uh, we're we're going to be listening to it on all the different formats: seventy-eight, uh, eight-track uh, eight tape, LP. <laughs> um, but look, uh, Wolfgang, all the best of luck to you, and I hope we'll uh, next time we'll talk will be album two. I mean, you know, maybe before that, but I I hope we'll have you back on here for album two. Uh, man, because just, just give me a call here. It. It's a pleasure. All right, man. very good.
uh, folks, so tomorrow on Washington Post Live at uh, 10 a.m., uh, my colleague Francis Steed Sellers is going to talk with legendary environmentalist uh, Sylvia Earle. Uh, we're so uh, glad you came and uh, listened to us today and get this album, listen to it. Uh, it's a good album for the car. And uh, I'm Jeff Edgers from The Washington Post, and uh, happy Monday. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.